Welcome to Mic Drop Events, where we help you create events that people love. We believe that boring is brutal, quality is crucial, and remarkable events will take your business to the next level. Well, Kim, I'm so excited that we are here to talk all things events. Welcome to Mic Drop Events, and if you're listening to this, Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, Kim, you and I have known each other. We met on Clubhouse, the app, the audio app. And it's been a fun and fast friendship, professional relationship. You're in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm recording this from the Atlanta area. And we get to talk about all things events. And I know that tonight you even have a signature. It's a creating a signature event masterclass that you're hosting, right? So yeah. tell us more about a, the concept of a signature event. So, yeah, so so super fun to um, have this conversation with you off of Clubhouse. We talk about it on Clubhouse. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Yeah, um, signature events. Um, I love them. I definitely um, have been in the event space for years, uh, several years, I would say officially since 2014. Um, But, yeah, your signature event is definitely something that I recommend any leader, brand, especially if you're trying to create a movement or curate a community and you're a brand leader um, or you have any type of influence that you want to have longevity, I highly recommend a signature event. And always get the question, well, what is a signature event? Um, I just so happen right now to be in the virtual space. So this applies to virtual or live events. Um, The signature event is really like your brand event, right? It's, it's like the thing that you're known for. So I know for me, so I'm an event producer, right? So I support events, or, you know, curate events from all different directions, whether it's for clients that may be trying to figure out how to produce their event, or I'll come on as a consultant to help them, you know, pull all of the, the uh, details together. And then my team and I may also produce, you know, actually like hit the switches back behind the scenes. Um, but then I also train and help people um, create their own events. And then I produce events for myself, my business, or I won't say I, I have an amazing team as well, but we produce events for my business brand. And so we have um, more than one signature event, but it's really the event that we, our go-to events. And we usually do two, um, we had three actually in one year at one point, but it's that that event that we're known for that we do every year um, that people are kind of anticipating. And so what I would say to kind of clearly define what a signature event is, it is that event that your business or your brand can literally kind of put their thumbprint on that says, this is our event. And, um, you know, people eventually, if you do it consistently, people will start to look out for that event. You become known for that event. Yeah. That's great. I love that definition and talking about it because I've even thinking about like HubSpot is a system that we use and they have inbound and it happens every year. And Salesforce, I, I can't remember the name of their event. They're a competitor of them, but they have it's like huge, massive, usually in San Francisco area. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I love the clarity that you have of signature event because, like you said, putting your thumbprint, putting your signature on it is, yeah. is just a great concept there. So um, I'm curious when you help people and you coach them through creating their own signature event. Yeah. Like what is a what is a some of the e, some event planning best practices that they need to go through in order to even just start with planning the signature event? Yeah, that's a great question. This applies to any event, right? If you want to ensure that your your event is going to be successful and it actually turns out in 
person or maybe in real life, you know, kind of meeting what, you, what the vision was in your brain? Because, you know, usually all events start with an idea, a goal, a dream, a vision. It's like, oh, I want to do this thing. And in your mind, you can mostly envision the goals and the outcomes. So in order to make sure that happens, you need to start with knowing your audience and what they need, what they want, and what solutions does your events provide, right? I gave an example. I think I, I don't, I can't recall if I talked about this in Clubhouse or in someone else's room, but I talk about this example all the time. It's like if you are running a marathon or, if, you know, you're there's a marathon and there are a group of people running. It's the hottest sun, summer day and people are exhausted. They're tired. And then you have your you have the people on the side holding the cup of water. Right. And then in that that or cup, that beverage, that cold beverage, you want to be in the path, in the direction of where those runners, where your audience is already desperate to go. And you want to be that refreshing beverage. Your event should be that refreshing beverage on the way of the direction that they're already going so that mm-hmm. your event is actually the answer. They're there. So if you think about this marathon runner, they want to get to the end. They want to make it to the finish line. They're going there anyway, because that's their goal. But they are hot. They're exhausted. They are starting to feel the burn and they would love some relief. And in fact, not only would they love some relief, they need the relief. They've been running for hours. Your event can be that relief. Your your signature event can be that relief. And if you are planning anything, whether it's a signature or just an event in general, you need to make sure that your event is not racing against the current, not in their way, not just another thing that they have to go to, um, you know, I know you and I talk about it all the time, doing things that they enjoy, having the fun around it. You don't want this to be something they have to survive. You want them to look at your event like, oh, my gosh, this is what I've been waiting for. I am so excited. I need to be there. And so if you're planning, you need to make sure that your content, that if you're going to have speakers, that they are fulfilling the needs of your audience, that all of the elements are there that will be that refresher, that need, that that thing that they need to help them to get to their goal. And it doesn't matter if it's a corporate event, if it's a nonprofit, if it's a fundraising event, which is another point. You need to know the format and the structure of your event, because a lot of times people see what other people are doing and then they try to create their event around that. You have to make sure you create your event around what your event needs for your audience and if it needs to be summit version, you know, format, do you need multiple speakers or is it an, or is it an enrollment event, which means it's going to be more content training heavy, you know, or is it going to be more entertaining? So it may not, maybe a little lighter on the content, but it's to evoke a feeling or a community or a vibe. Um, Is it going to be focused on music? So you have to know, first of all, what your audience needs, you know, be that, that solution that they're so desperate for, And then what's the right format? What are the right elements that are custom and specific to the event that you are producing? So that you're not kind of off guard with everybody else. That's so good. That's so good what you're talking about because there's, I know that there's a lot of talk even, I mean, we we mentioned earlier Clubhouse and there's people doing masterminds. There are people doing private Facebook groups and it's all centered around a community and yeah. the and and then on the sep- on the other side you're talking about this there's was something that we've been talking internally at elevate for a couple of two about 2 weeks now solidly which is benefits versus outcomes right yeah and so like you said there's a marathon runner 
they are going to reach their destination and how can your event help them reach that goal? Whether that's your employees or whether that's your customers or whether that's like your donors if it's a nonprofit event. So I love that analogy of being the refreshing station. Mm-hmm. There's uh, and and you also mentioned what part of the refreshing. It it looks different depending upon your event. It could be yes. a refreshing concert. It could be a refreshing mastermind. It could be a refreshing multiple day conference or award yeah. ceremony or something like that that is going to help the marathon runners reach their outcome Absolutely. and not necessarily you're not focusing on like they're they are going to get benefits out of it but you're mostly focusing on hey like where are you going to be days from now weeks from Absolutely. now years from now that's so good yeah. so i'm curious you 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 lightly touched on it on how on the fun side of events and the enjoyable like i I, we we have an internal mission that we've joked about for years now of eliminating the plague of boring meetings and events. And so I would, I would love to hear what are some of the fun things that people can do at signature events that you've seen work really well in order to make it refreshing for people? Yeah, um, I love that question, actually. And this is why I love signature events. I love all, you know, I love the events in general, but I love to help a brand pull together their signature event because, as I mentioned earlier, it's your thumbprint on your event. So thinking of the unexpected, right? Like whether it's, um, you know, whether you are, let's say if your favorite color is, I'll say purple or what have you, having it be an infusion um, of something that's memorable baked into the event. I remember one event um, that I love going to, and I'll shout her out very briefly here, is um, April Franks. She's a, um, a community builder. She has a conference every year I love going to. It's called Epic, right? And um, I'll give you an example so one of the sponsors at the time of the one of the last events was Design Pickles. And so they literally had a giant pickle mascot that was dancing with the in the audience. Like we were all dancing with the gigantic pickle. And, you know, I'm a part of, I was a part of um, the uh, team there that had we had an all white party afterwards. And even after that. The design pickle team was there. It was just a memorable, like I will always remember that conference. Not that it wasn't great, but because I danced with the pickle, right? Like a gigantic pickle person. And these are some of the things that I'll I'll tell you. One of my um, first events um, we had, so it's, and I do it now every year. It's called the Dream Builders Brunch. The Dream Builders Network is is my my organization. Um, But at the Dream Builders Brunch, I love to give small business owners or new businesses or businesses that have been in, in business for some time that are looking for exposure an opportunity to participate. And uh, we had one gentleman who provided the food for the brunch and he did these amazing little Caribbean little boats. I mean, we could have just had typical brunch. We could have just had our regular you know, meal, but he he designed it, the, the, the display in such a way that it was very specific to the theme of the day. And so part, a part of having fun is kind of going off the grid and really being yourself and allowing other people to be themselves. Whether you pick a theme and you pick something that, you know, people have to participate in that they may not even, it's not even a part of the curriculum, but it's that extra splash or that extra thing that, you know, they can participate in. And especially in the world of virtual, they can take pictures with it in advance. 
They can show it in advance. People get FOMO or fear of missing out often. So a lot of times people want to, they want to be a part of what's happening. And so I definitely recommend if you want to keep the fun in your events to not necessarily, I mean, of course, make sure that the content is there, but not necessarily focusing on making sure every single word is said and shared, but making sure that that fun element is there and adding the personality to it. I love music. You can add music, um, you know, dancing with the pickle, all these different things that will help to make the event a memorable experience. Well, I, ha- I have to say, I have never personally been to an event and danced with a pickle. I've done a lot of crazy things, but that is, you beat me there. I've never personally done that one. But I love what you said. Like, p- the audience wants to be involved in what's happening, and it's so true, right? Like, it's the reason why the, o- like the audience or the fans get so involved in a football game or a soccer yeah. game or a volleyball game. Like, they cheer and they heckle and, and they, they get involved. <laughs> Like the concert, uh, the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, when they write the song and they're writing it in such a way that they want the audience to participate and it's like the boom, boom, clap. Like, I I get chills thinking about it and that's what makes it memorable. It's the, that's why people tell stories about how they got to get up on stage or they got to give Beyonce a handshake or Justin Timberlake a high five or things like that. So I 100% agree with that. And virtually, like right now, we're still in the midst of a pandemic. Oh, yeah. What? So what are some ways that someone who's planning an event, maybe they've, they used to do this event in person, mm-hmm. and, or they're thinking they, they, they would love to have an in-person signature event, and they just can't right now. Yeah. So they want to go virtual. What would you say to someone like that to do something fun to involve the audience? What are a couple of things that you've seen well that people can do virtually? Yeah, um, that's a great question. It's the story of my life right now. Most of my clients are coming to me saying either A, oh crap, I think we have to cancel the physical event. Do we just cancel it all together or do we make it virtual? Or they're like, I tried virtual. It just didn't land the way that I want it. And how do I make this a thing that people want to come to? So, you know, I will say, and, and especially when I talk about signature events, I do teach it from the virtual and the physical standpoint because there are some nuances to the virtual world but the framework can still apply to the physical aspect, right? So I know many of my um, participants in this masterclass will learn how to create the virtual version of their signature event. And they will also have the framework so that when the world opens up, it's like the floodgates are going to open and all of these um, events are going to be popping up and they will have the framework for their physical event. And so the underlying root is that I have a, a framework that I follow, which is flow, flare, and profits right? Flow, flare, and profits. And flow is the, the the brain of the operation. You have to spend, I definitely recommend that people spend the most time in flow. So under flow sets up the format, as I talked about, the um, foundation, like what form, what platform are you going to use? Platform is important, right? Because you can have in your mind, okay, I'm going to bring people together um, and we're going to talk about this great content. I have the best speakers, but if your platform is not um, complementary to your outline, your run of show, it can easily fall flat before you even get started because some platforms won't allow for certain levels of uh, interaction. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to always have interaction for your platform as well, because there are some events that should be more of a show, um, right. Your view, your viewers should really just be able to click, watch, get content, 
communicate lightly, but they're there to watch a production and not a production for the sake of, you know, the transitions, but really watching what they need to learn. And then there, the alternative is that there are events that need community. They've been, you know, they're building and they need to be able to collaborate, meet each other. And so you really have to start with the platform so that you can get the elements that you need that you must have in your your event. So I would say first start there. If you want to make sure that the event is fun and authentic and that people are not just trying to make it through, um, but they're more like, wow, I can't believe that it's been four hours already. Or I can't believe like this, this is like the honest, often feedback that I get like, wow, it's been a day already because they're so into the event. And so in order to do that, you start with the platform first, making sure that you're picking the right one that gets you what you need for your audience. And then making sure that you have quality across the board from your graphics um, to your transitions, to your music, the sound of your music. Like if you're gonna have music, we don't want the clock radio sound, right? So making sure you test to make sure that it sounds clear on the other side. So, so many different elements of that nature. But if you consider those things, then those will also translate and transfer over when you open things up for your physical event, making sure that those elements are, are thought of and well thought of. It's yeah. so true. It's so true. And like, I love the the three part framework that you think through the flow, the flare and the profit. So those three are, are very simple and clear and it, it's really interesting. So there's this concept of the fourth wall, right? So there's, if you go to a, a theater and go to a stage you see the stage, there's two side walls and then there's a back wall. And then between the audience and the stage, there's that imaginary fourth wall. And what's interesting is like the, the amount of time, I don't even know how many like man and woman hours it takes to build like the set. Mm. And first you got to build the building and then you got to build the set and then you got to rehearse the play and all of those things in order to put this on. But here's the thing is that before, because what you were talking about is breaking the fourth wall, that theater concept, right? And involving the audience. Yeah. And you were also talking about the, the, the flow and the flair of making sure that the set is actually built and that the, because like if, if the, all of a sudden the roof starts leaking in the midst of a play performance, yeah. like the audience isn't going to pay attention to what's happening on the stage. So no, you got to make sure that the building is there. And then if the all of a sudden like part of the set falls down, the actors aren't going to be able to stay in like actor mode and stay in right. the zone and deliver their great performance. And it's the same thing with our events, right? Yeah. We have to be able to make sure that we have the basics down and have like the logistics and those nuts and bolts down so that that frees up the audience to be fully immersed in what we are doing. Yeah. And then they can interact with us. No, so I think it's that's right on. it's so good. It's so good. Well, um, we're almost we've almost reached the end of our podcast, um, but I'd love to ask you, what is maybe um, a favorite signature? Maybe it's a maybe you've already answered this, the dancing pickle thing, but what is like a what's a favorite mic drop moment that you have? Maybe from one of your signature events. You said it's the Dream Builders Club, right? So yeah, maybe it's from a Dream Builders breakfast. What's like a mic drop moment that you've seen or that you've even done and how did you plan for that? Yeah, so it's the Dream Builders brunch and 
I remember this amazing boutique owner, business owner. So the Dream Builders Brunch is a community of business owners that are coming together. And they, they're half and half. They're mostly, I support parallelpreneurs. So these are entrepreneurs who are building their businesses while working or aspiring to build their businesses. And so the majority of the audience is either 100% an entrepreneur or in that aspiring stage. And I remember this amazing woman who's a boutique owner. She actually owns a, an amazing salon. And she's very great at what she does, but she never really goes live. She wasn't a a live, in-person, visible, you know, in front of camera person. She loves to help her clients show up amazing so that they can excel. Well, she came in and we had an opportunity for them to, to, for the audience to get to know each other. This was a brunch. So there were um, some beverages there that were, were, I would say some were alcoholic beverages and some were not, but she had an opportunity to get in and get relaxed and meet people in the audience and start to really start to share some of her challenges. Long story short, we had some amazing speakers there and we did a call to the audience. We said, who has a challenge here that they are a barrier or something that they're looking to break down? And one of her buddies, actually her buddy in the audience that she met kind of gave her up and said, hey, listen, she's amazing over here and she's afraid to be visible and to to go live. And literally the entire event turned and supported her, but also encouraged her to do her very first live, right? She actually literally, and I know that we are in a world of camera at this point. People are live all over the place. This was a big deal for her. She was literally shaking. And she's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Come back to me. No, I can't. And we tried it, like they tried it again, mid-event. It was almost like when you're at a wedding and people are like hitting the glass and like, kiss, kiss, kiss. Like people are like, do your live. And she's like, no, no, no. Well, at the end of the event, we we didn't bother her. We just encouraged her. And we were, um, people were coming up to give, share their experience. It was on camera. Well, guess who was the first in line to go live to express how, how many people she met? She went through who she was. She shared information about her business. She talked about her experience at the event. And she also put out publicly a date that she was going to do her own live broadcast. And the entire community supported her. We showed up at her live broadcast, which was a week or so afterwards. And it really broke her her barrier and fear of going live. She's now, this was a couple of years ago, she's killing it live right now. She's going live all over the place and building audiences and communities across the board. And that's really the power of events and really the power of community and the things that you can create just from hosting, being being obedient to your goal and your dream to host a community. It actually helped her to get to her next level. And so that's always an event and a, and a moment that I'll always remember because when I see her go live every day, or consistently, I'm like, I remember when she was fearful and now she's doing it flawlessly. And, you know, sometimes we need those types of nudges to help us get to the next level. So that's, that's a, so that's cool. For me that that's I so cool. Well, and, and here's the thing too, is this perfectly relates to what you were talking about earlier about involving the audience, because like the audience, you remember that the, like everyone else that was there encouraging her to go live and celebrating her after she did it. And then to yeah. support her afterwards, like what a cool what a cool moment that is and i know that there there's like research studies that have shown that if you want your like your mental health and state to improve then you can you should help someone right yes. so what a cool way for the audience to be involved which is to help someone achieve something that they haven't done before 
and to yeah. break it. And what's fun and what's interesting is, so some of that could be planned, but you can't plan for the audience to all of a sudden like rally and cheer and support and that kind of thing. So right. it, it definitely comes down to, I love what you're talking about of preparing. So the flow and then having some talent there. So you there, you probably had some supporting people there that were able to help pull this whole thing off. Yeah. So that's, that's dope. That's awesome. That's super cool. Well, um, Kim, this has been so fun. Um, I've got two questions for you. The one yeah. is, what is like a mic drop statement that you can leave our listeners with? And then how can people get in touch with you? Oh, that's good. Um, so I'm going to go a little slightly off of the event tangent and really go with something that I believe, which is it's a question I ask people all the time, which is who says that you can you can't love your Mondays? Right. Mm -hmm. People beat up Mondays because it is the culmination, sometimes the representation of, oh, man, I have to. It's Monday again. I got to go to work. It's Monday again. I don't you know, but you can actually love your Mondays by creating the life that you want. And it turns into I get to do these things. And so I'm going to challenge the audience to ask everybody that's hearing this who says that you can't love your Mondays because you absolutely can by making sure that you stand up for the things that you've thought about in your head and your heart, the, the dreams, whether big or small, that you've had, starting to take those actions and really work towards them. It's really the, the connection between the saying that says, if you are doing what you love, you never have to work a day in your life. And you can absolutely do that. So I'll ask everybody here who says you can't love your Mondays. I believe and I affirm that you absolutely can. And um, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, um, just about everywhere under I am Kim Arrington. Um, I am also hanging out in the Dream Builders uh, group on Facebook. And as of right now, as this, at the time of this recording, I'm under Kim Ikemia Arrington at Clubhouse. Um, but yeah, if you do the, the, um, the connection of looking me up under Kim Ikemia Arrington or at I am Kim Arrington, you can absolutely find me on social media or LinkedIn or Clubhouse. I love it. I love it. Well, Kim, thank you so much for that. Who says you can't, you can't love your Mondays? <laughs> so good. So good. Well, thanks so much for joining us. If you're listening to this, you can give like a mental round of applause for Kim and I'll give you a round of applause. And Kim has been so fun. So thank you so much for being here. Same here. Thank you for having me. This is always great hanging out with you guys. So I appreciate it.